This is Bigger Pockets Daily, the no excuses everyday audio version of the world's number one real estate blog. I'm Tyler, and each day I read you short, digestible articles from biggerpockets.com. You can scroll through the catalog and see which titles catch your eye, or just make this a part of your daily ritual. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app landlord. That's rent.app landlord. The Fed has a reason to slow down, but you should still be cautious. By Dave Meyer. On January 12th, new Consumer Price Index CPI data was released for December, showing falling inflation rates across the board. The headline CPI, the broadest measure of inflation in the U.S., dropped to 6.5% year-over-year, YOY, down from 7.1% just a month earlier. The core CPI, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, also fell to 5.7%, down from 6% in November. While it's encouraging to see the inflation rate drop on a YOY basis, the more relevant numbers from the CPI report come from the monthly data. 
year-over-year data is inherently backward-looking, and I'm assuming everyone listening to this is most interested in knowing what's likely to happen over the course of 2023. The data there is a bit mixed. Breaking down the numbers. All right, so when we look at the headline CPI, this month's report is very encouraging, showing that prices actually fell 0.1% from November to December, meaning for the broadest measure of inflation in the U.S., prices actually went down. Whoa! This is a great sign for the CPI going into 2023. For inflation to get under control, the pace of price gains only needs to slow. But prices going backward, like last month, well, that's even better. The core CPI tells a different story, though, with prices rising 0.3% in December, up from 0.2% in November. This is obviously not great, as the pace of inflation went up monthly, and the Federal Reserve is very focused on the core CPI, 0.3%, monthly inflation is still way too high. Still, when looking at the last few years, there is a clear sign that things are heading in the right direction, at least. Throughout 2021 and 2022, core CPI growth was regularly above 0.4%. So seeing it come down just a bit to about 0.25% over the last three months or so, yeah, it's encouraging. But there's still work to do. Personally, I'm optimistic things will keep trending in the right direction, mostly due to one part of the CPI that I'm intimately familiar with. Housing prices, of course. One of the major things keeping the core CPI high is shelter inflation, which measures the cost of housing, both for renters and homeowners in the U.S. As measured by the CPI, shelter costs rose around 0.7% last month alone. What's the deal with that? Anyone who looks at data knows that the cost of housing in the U.S. is falling, not rising. <laughs> Come on. Rents and home prices are declining modestly right now, yet the CPI still shows them going up. The reason is because the CPI measures of shelter lag by 6 to 12 months. It's terrible, I know. So, the December 2022 report shows housing and rental data for the summer of 2022. That's annoying. But since the housing and rental market started to shift in June-July, it means that the CPI will start reflecting the reality of housing prices in the coming months. To me, this is a strong indication that this core CPI will fall over the course of the next six months. I can't see how much. No crystal ball in front of me. I left it in the garage. But I think it will trend downward in the first half of this year. What happens next? So I wrote an article with the podcast along with it in November stating that I thought inflation had officially peaked and shared an analysis on monthly CPI rates and the reason for my belief. The projections for year-over-year -year inflation numbers are based on what happens to monthly increases going forward. For example, if inflation continues to decline by 0.1% each month like it did this month, then we'll be below the Fed's 2% annualized target for inflation by May 2023. I don't think that's realistic at all. <laughs> and we're going to see modest monthly gains going forward. But if we see an average monthly increase of 0.1%, we'll be under the Fed's target rate by June. If monthly inflation rises 0.16%, which is the average for the last six months, we can expect to be below the Fed's target sometime around the summer. To me, that's a very realistic scenario. 
Of course, the inflation rate could pick up steam again, but that seems very unlikely. In almost every data set, we see that inflation has peaked and is starting to return to Earth. There is still a ways to go, but it seems like we should have inflation under control sometime this year. That's fantastic news! Lower inflation is good for the economy and for every American who's been hurt by higher prices over the last few years. Okay, so what will the Fed do? Despite the encouraging news, I do expect the Fed will raise the federal funds rate at least one more time. But I think we're approaching the terminal rate, the rate at which the Fed stops raising rates. And we could see the end of this tightening cycle soon. Pausing rate hikes does not mean falling rates, though. The Fed recently issued guidance saying they don't intend to lower rates in 2023. So many investors think that's just a bluff, though. But personally, I take the Fed at its word and then hope I'm wrong. The Fed is dead serious about controlling inflation. And although I believe they'll stop raising rates soon, they won't lower rates, at least in the next six months, to be extra sure the risk of resurgent inflation is low. Paused rates are still a good thing, though. So much of the economic turmoil we're experiencing right now is because of uncertainty about Fed policy. If they stop raising rates in the next few months, it should give the entire economy some sense of stability and hopefully lead to a clearer and more optimistic economic outlook. All right. Thanks for making this show a part of your hump day. You know what else happens every Wednesday? Bigger Pockets webinars. They're live and free. You can register at biggerpockets.com slash webinar. Plus, if you're a pro member, you get unlimited webinar replays. What are your plans tomorrow? Hopefully, they include another episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. See you then.